Hello and welcome to Renovation, the media and film podcast with me, Richardino, a.k.a. Reno. Well, <clears throat> it's the second week of the Easter holidays or the third week, I think, or fourth week of lockdown in the UK. Um, it's been quite weird working from home, mostly because I don't feel like I work from work. I mean... I teach film for a living. I mean, what use is that? I mean, if we really have to rebuild society, um, there's going to be no use for me. You know, I'll be like, oh, well, I know, I I could analyse some films. I'm sorry, but there are no films anymore. Oh, okay. Um, Or maybe I could do um, a lecture on the ideological differences of all the newspapers. Yeah, look, I don't know if you heard, but there are no newspapers anymore, okay? Oh, well, um... Well, what else can I do? I, I don't think I've got any, any skills. Uh, actually, why are you American? Why? Well, why are you English? I don't know, actually. Well, my parents, I guess. Mind you, they were half Scottish. What is Scottish? Oh, my God, did they not make it? Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but then I have been locked up for three weeks, so... Um, I've been talking to myself quite a lot, actually. I mean, I've always enjoyed talking to myself, because I'm quite good company. But been doing a bit more of that lately, you know, talking to the wall. Um, So not always myself, sometimes the wall. Um, Hiya, wall! Doesn't always talk back. I've been wondering, what have my ex-students over the years, what have they been up to lately? So I decided to reach out and see if any of them would want to be a guest on the podcast. And several of them got back. So I interviewed two this morning and we're going to hear from them in two shakes of a lamb's tail. First up is a student I taught at Totten College about nine years ago. His name is Ray Roberts and um, he's been VV successful and although he plays his talent and success down tremendously but he really is a marvellous young man that I'm extremely proud of. Um, and then there's a short interview with Cara Phillips-Ashman, who I taught just last year at SXC. And um, so it'd be interesting uh, to hear what they have to say about what they've been up to and how they have been affected by the coronavirus. It is a Tuesday afternoon. I've just poured an afternoon cocktail uh, a Manhattan. And I've got some sushi and some peanuts. And so, yeah, let's take a listen uh, to these two ex-students and find out what they've been up to. What does an education in media and film actually even lead to? Well, I'm joined by um, an ex-student of mine called Ray Roberts. Hello, Ray. Hello. How's it going? It's going really well, thank you. Um, As we are all in lockdown at the moment, my mind has been wandering all over the place. And I was thinking, what have some of my ex-students been up to? So I thought I would check in on you and to hear um, what you've been doing. But before we get there, can you tell um, the lovely listeners at home, what did you study with me? I studied, I did a creative media VTech. Uh, creative Media Production VTech Level 3, um, focusing on media uh, and film. 
and um, it was probably some of the best years of my life. It was pretty good fun, actually. I, I do remember yeah. it well. I think it my favourite... was a big turning point. Yeah. I'm sorry. I remember my favourite project that we did was um, a mini project where I wanted to teach everyone um, to make a, a one-shot film. And um, it wasn't even for assessment. I just thought it would be cool to do. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember that film? Yeah, yeah, I do recall that. That was really good fun. Um, yeah, that was. there were a lot of those um, where we would just come into class uh, in the morning and you would just throw something at us and we would just spend the entire day finishing that project. Um, that Yeah, it was like going on from that to university, which is a lot more structured and um, a little bit boring at times. It was, it was, it was great, but a lot of... A lot of the time, I would think back to those college days and just miss this spontaneousness of your teaching. <laughs> yeah, that hasn't changed, actually. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you said you went to uni. So what did you go on to do then after you left um, Totten College? After Totten, I, uh, I took a gap year around um, to try to build uh, a portfolio um, and and make connections within the film and media industry. Um, while at college, uh, I was um, quite avid on uh, YouTube, creating YouTube videos. Um, and I was, I was within that community. Back then, there was a lot more of a creative community than it is now. And now it's like a, a toxic waste bin, <laughs> mostly on, online. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah, so uh, I was very, I was, I was connecting with a lot of creatives through there, a lot of young artists, musicians, actors, uh, and we were just making projects together um, whilst also just applying for various running jobs. Um, I did all sorts. I was a spark for a music video um, and almost blew up uh, a light. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a it was a big learning experience and something which I'm very grateful for going into university after that, going to film school. Uh, and I studied film at UCA, the University for the Creative Arts in Farnham, Surrey. Yeah, I know um, it very well. I've had several people go there um, since since you went. Yeah, it was was it on your recommendation? I think it was. No, Maybe, I can't remember. You know. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I, I went on to go there and it was a very traditional film course. Um, so experience-wise, very different to the social, me social media video that I, I did in my own time um, beforehand. And we were working on celluloid film uh, in our first year, uh, like the, the first uh, fiction unit that we worked on. Um, we shoot everything on celluloid on an old Bolex camera from the 50s. Uh, and then edit it on a physical steam deck. So when we're well, we're making physical cuts to the footage and and splicing it all together, um, so that was a really great uh, education for me. I really um, love the fact um, that you did that at uni because um, that's what I did when I was at college, when I was a student, and really? for a long time I just felt that 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 side of the industry um, was never going to be taught again. So it's really comforting to know. But those skills are still being yeah. delivered. It, it is quite rare. I think one of my university was one of the the last few um, that still teach on celluloid, especially who have um, access to Steenbeck machines that are used for cutting the analog way. Um, 
yeah, I, I felt very fortunate. I, I that was something that I, I really wanted to um, uh, that I was really looking for when looking for a university, something that would give me something which I couldn't get elsewhere. Because I feel like in this day and age, you can well ed- educate. Going into the film industry, you do not need any form of education. I've never been asked uh, if I have a degree. I've never really been asked for a, a formal CV. Um, it's all really been word of mouth and portfolio based. Um, so uh, going to university, I really wanted an education that I couldn't get elsewhere. Um, and given that uh, cameras are very accessible these days, editing software, you can do everything from an iPhone um, now and put it, distribute it globally on YouTube, for example. Um, so I wanted something that I really couldn't get on my own. So how was it different then from college? I mean, you mentioned structure and kind of spontaneity, but what are the other differences, do you think? Um, well, given that I, like, my, my, my uni was an art institution, I assume it would be a lot more uh, relaxed and less structured compared to a lot of academic uh, courses. Um, but there was something very... Um, creatively freeing, I guess, about college. Um, we, we would come in, I, I love the structure of the BTEC um, because we weren't all learning the same, we weren't all studying the same films, for example, like you you look at A-level courses um, and they like everyone can reminisce about their A-level, their film studies A-level, their media studies yeah. A-level and all talk about Fight Club. Um, whereas I remember we were, the general structure of a lot of the units were that we were introduced to a theory um, and we studied the conventions of whatever that theory was and then it was largely up to us to choose um, examples within media, within film, um, to to discuss uh, and use within our coursework. And there was no big, um, like I'm not an exams person, I, I really dislike the, well, I don't think anyone really likes, but I really don't thrive in the the atmosphere of, a, of an exam, uh, spending months, weeks, hours sitting, uh, just learning. Because I, I feel like some for some people, they're learning more how to do the, the exam than mm-hmm. the subject that the exam is on. So for me, especially, and I think for a lot of creative people, um, that coursework-based um, uh, BTEC was was really really good for me. It was a it was genuinely a really inspiring time. I also feel like I have a lot of nostalgia for it just because it was um, a big eye opener towards um, the art form of film. I've always been interested in film. I've always wanted to go into film, but it wasn't until we sat down and really analysed uh, films um, that I I realised how powerful this art form can be and how much I really wanted to to get into it. Um, and then once I started university, I guess I was a bit more into the swing of things and a bit more like, right, this is this is all how it works. And uh, um, it was still a, a really inspiring time, um, and I and I don't regret it in the slightest. Um, but there was just something about college; just the, it was it was a great introduction to to media and film and the power that it has. Um, yeah, it was it was already, and when you have a great teacher. You 
<laughs> so you always made a lot of content outside of college, if I remember. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. YouTube. How has that helped with university and, of course, your your career? Um, so I grew up with YouTube pretty much. I spent, I, I, I first started making videos when I was 12. Nothing great. Um, but uh, I, I initially used it as a um, somewhat of a creative outlet when I first started, but primarily as a as a as a social thing because there was a large community of people producing video diaries, blogs, mm-hmm. um, and our entire audience were other people doing the exact same thing. Um, and that's largely not the case anymore. I'm not saying that YouTube is a complete uh, waste of waste of space now. Um, despite what I said earlier, <laughs> but, um, yeah, through YouTube, I definitely found, um, an interest in filmmaking, um, education in college definitely, um, amplified that, but, um, it was through YouTube and through, it was just, it was just a very, um, like all the stars aligned at the time. It was around 2006, 2008, when I started on YouTube, that was when YouTube really was taken off. Um, and it was also the time that the the Canon 5D uh, was the first photography uh, sales DSLR that had a video function. So that gave you um, the first truly accessible digital camera with, with a large sensor that could have interchangeable lenses, which opens loads of doors for for people to start experimenting and developing their craft within cinematography. Um, and then editing software just became a lot more available and cheaper. Um, like, and especially now, like Adobe, you can you can buy Adobe on on a subscription basis, um, and it's fairly affordable mm-hmm. for anyone just to start. Whereas back then, you had to pay a one-off payment of like five hundred pounds to just to get your hands on basic editing software. Um, and and yeah, I think I think not not only from a technical standpoint because definitely. Um, going into education, looking at people who were of my age who didn't grow up with YouTube, uh, whereas I feel like now most kids have grown up with uh, YouTube or making videos on TikTok. So everyone's going into college and university with at least a basic um, knowledge of technical uh, technical behind video. But I um, was at a time when it was a bit rarer for people to, because I started when YouTube was not, you were not able to monetize off your content. Um, so I definitely got a head start before all the people who were just after the fame and money got into it. Um, and it's definitely, um, I feel like I sidetracked a little bit. I was going to say it's um, not only has it helped me uh, have a step up in the technical side of things, but it just gave me, um, the comp- it gave me, I, I, I never used to have confidence and having a platform where I could put my voice out there and um, just tell stories about anything I was passionate about. Um, I feel like that's, that's as, a, as an artist, as an independent creative, you really need that confidence. I feel like a lot of creatives lack that confidence initially and take many years to develop that. Um, and, and still every now and again, when I, when I work with a, with a client, now it's um normally linked to youtube in some way or form either that's how they originally found me by watching me 
from years ago on YouTube. Um, or uh, they hired me because of just my, my knowledge of online online media. So um, what happened after uni? After uni, uh, the day I graduated was also the day that I moved to London, um, being born in Salisbury and going to college in Totten um, and, and university in Surrey. I, I really was avoiding <laughs> just moving to the big city. I do love it in small bursts, but um, just constantly being exposed to the to the rush of it all and um, just just London is. I, I can't just commuting in London on a daily basis is a. I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Um, but I moved here because it's one of the well. It's I had a lot of clients already based in London and connections um so it just it just made sense there are other places that i could have gone to where i could have probably found work that i would have been happy with bristol's very popular for creatives especially in film um as well as manchester is is the hub for all of british television um but i i had a lot of connections in london and friends already so i moved to london and then i i spent a year taking on anything that I could just to survive. Like what? Um, I was working a lot as a runner again, similar stuff that I was doing in my gap year before university. Um, yeah, like I, I with with my, because um, while at university, we, we dabbled in every single department within film. So um, with a lot more experience and everything, I was able to take on a lot more roles, but I did, I did a little bit of everything. Um, primarily I'd say my focus is I, I, I want to, I want to go on to direct, uh, one day I want to be making feature films. I'm still very much far from that. Um, at the age of 25, but, um, yeah, I feel like any director needs experience in every field to be able to direct these, these departments appropriately. Um, but yeah, it was it was almost comical the the amount of stuff I was doing on film sets. Aside from running, I did a lot within the camera department, a lot of camera trainee jobs, um, which is basically you, you just put batteries on charge and fetch lenses. Um, sometimes, yeah, you, you hand a lighter to to your um, cinematographer. Uh, I was an editor for this production company that produces documentaries for a short while. Uh, I worked. Uh, for a few days on a feature film, helping just the, the production team out, um, basically just call in locations um, and asking if we can extend our time there. Really fun, exciting stuff. I also did catering <laughs> on, on, a, on, on a short film this one time, which came out of the blue. Um, they, they called me a day before and just were like, uh, we, we, we lost our catering. Uh, we don't have much budget. Um, do you think you could you could feed 30 mouths tomorrow um and when i looked at my bank account at the time i, I was like I'll, I'll take it i'll do it <laughs> i've never cooked before and been paid but it was a it was an interesting experience but um but yeah oh there was also one day when i i was an assistant for a costume department which went awful i knew uh, no one knew me before then, and I feel like everyone hated me afterwards just because I didn't know any of the lingo. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did that for a year. And then after that, um, 
I mainly focused on uh, directing and producing corporate video um, because that's where there's a lot of money and it can be fairly easy, easy as long as you have social skills, which a lot of people within the film industry or uh, within videography do not have. Um, just knowing how to, to wear a shirt and tuck it in goes a long way in that and just being easy to work with um, and not walking around like you're too good to be working on, on simple videography jobs um, when, when, when your dreams are to be like a, the next Spielberg or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do that. That's my primary source of income, but I also dabble in photography every now and again. Um, and in my own time, um, I'm trying to get uh, back into YouTube because um, despite all of my negative uh, views on, on what YouTube has become now, um, I still think it's an incredible platform where you have, it has the potential um, for anyone to tell incredible stories, to, to have a voice. Um, and that freedom of being able to produce whatever I want, uh, potentially on my own or with a small team, or with a large team, just whatever, um, and then distribute it globally for free is, is something which I've missed um, since going to university when I really um, kind of put a foot down and thought to myself, I need to start becoming, I mean, I start being a, a proper director. I can't be seen making YouTube videos. I, I want to start, you know, only putting short films out there. But then, uh, yeah, it, it's that, that's still something which I, I, I try to focus on whenever I can, um, working on, on short fiction projects or documentary product projects. Um, but, uh, I always see it as, uh, I need to do the boring stuff, the fun, the fun stuff. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not been a, a terribly glamorous lifestyle since then. It hasn't been red carpets and, uh, adoring fans, um, or producers picking up my script, but, um, you know, it, it, it's it's a it, it's it's a long road ahead uh, for for any director, but um, I feel like now more than ever that road is a lot uh, a lot easier to travel on, just with the given. Uh, you know, I I really feel like YouTube YouTube has the potential to to launch the careers of many creatives and. It certainly has, but I really feel like it could do a lot more. You said that you dabble in photography. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you more than dabble. I mean, I've seen the portraits that you that you shot, <laughs> and you know they really are absolutely stunning. Tell me about some of those. Thank you very much. Um, well, I, I, I use the word dabble because it, it's not too much of a, of a form of income for me, but it's it's more of a um, the thing which I like about photography, it has a lot of crossovers with film, um, with, with cinematography. Um, so it's it's a great, a, a lot of, like um, like my use of light, for example, is something which I, um, which crosses over in both mediums. Um, but uh, my main intention when I pick up the camera to take stills it's just to try to capture a person's personality 
from their physical likeness. Um, and I find that a really, it's just a, it's a really great hobby. I meet some really interesting people through it. I get to know a lot of interesting people. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it's more of, it sounds odd to say, but it, it, it is really a, like a creative outlet for me. Um, despite, you know, everything else I do be, it is very, very much creative, but just my style of, uh, portraiture is very casual. I like, uh, working out of the studio, not with any controlled lighting. I just like to work with the sun, um, in, in natural environments. And so basically I just go on walks with, with interesting people and ask them questions while taking their photo. Tell um, us about, um, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so um, this was a perk of having some uh, presence on YouTube. Um, uh, th this, this, this was also when, during the time when I, I firmly said to myself, I'm, I'm going to have to stop and I need to cut out all this YouTube and social media influencer rubbish and start focusing on being a director, that uh, I received an email from the YouTube space in London inviting me to a Q&A for the, the recent, um, well, it's not recent anymore, but the, the latest uh, Independence Day film. And they mentioned the Q&A was with Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I did not see the film. I didn't have any plans to see the film, but uh, I wanted to see Jeff Goldblum. And that was, that was an experience. Uh, the man took control of the interviewer and the whole one hour Q and A was just him having discussion. He, he spoke about pottery. <laughs> he spoke about, um, he's, 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 he's a, he's a jazz musician. So he spoke a lot about jazz. Um, there was a piano in the back of the studio, um, which he requested to be brought forward and without hesitation, the staff at YouTube just pulled it forward. And then he just performed for about 20 minutes. Wow. And the interviewer was just standing there looking very concerned that they probably didn't meet their objectives from their client, uh, which was to, you know, promote the film. But he didn't speak about the film at all. <laughs> um, and then afterwards, uh, towards the end, I, I actually walked out to take a phone call. Um, and because of, well, uh, because of Jeff Goldblum, there was security at the door who wouldn't let me back in. Meanwhile, inside, there were a lot of people being held behind um, while Jeff Goldblum can make his exit. And then once Jeff Goldblum is out of the vicinity, then uh, all the participants, uh, all the the entire audience of the, uh, the Q&A can then leave. Um, whereas I'm outside and I just see Jeff Goldblum uh, walking towards me and he comes over and just asks... Um, what I thought about the, the Q and A and if he, if, if he, um, overstepped the boundary, uh, by pulling the, the piano over and not talking about the film at all. And I was like, no, that was great. That was incredible. And then, um, he asks me, uh, what I do. Um, and I told him I'm a filmmaker and then he quickly goes, oh, so you're an artist. And he pulls out his phone and starts showing me <laughs> images of his, of his pottery. Um, I don't know if he's still wow. dabbling in pottery, but he was showing me some really interesting, plates which he which he's made <laughs> and uh i had my camera on me so i asked if i could take um his, his portrait meanwhile his co-star who was also there 
um, well, I forget the name of um, Liam Hemsworth from um, the Hunger Games. He was there and he was spotted by some fans who stalked his social media. Uh, meanwhile, Jeff Goldblum is just like, these fans are, are not phased at all by Jeff Goldblum. And we're in the middle of London on Tottenham Court Road. And no one is, at the time, no one stopped. Uh, no one no one clocked that this was the man who was in the fly in Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, and I, I spent a good few minutes just taking this portrait. Um, and he, he took it very seriously. Um, he was asking me for a lot more direction than I would normally give to someone physically. Uh, he, he was asking me what, what emotion mood to go for, what to be thinking. Um, and it was just a very surreal experience. Um, but I didn't want to waste his time because his, um, I think his PR lady was, was standing to the side looking very cross. Um, so I, t I took the photos and didn't really think about it until I got home. And then I looked at the photos that I took of him. I thought it was pretty good. And I put it online and it kind of just blew up. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a terrific photograph. It really captures his spirit. Thank you very much. Oh, I, well, I, I don't think that's uh, down to my creative talent at all, really. I, I didn't work with him too much. Uh, it's just that's just all him. It was all him. I just I just pointed the camera and I clicked the button. But um, I'm I'm happy to see that since then, maybe maybe because of my my photo, his career is really. He seems to be in his prime now. He's popping up everywhere in Hollywood. He has a he has a uh, Disney Plus original documentary series. I don't know if you're aware. I'm not aware um, of that. I'll, I'll check it out. It, it's fantastic. He um, just goes about um, looking at everyday objects and really emerges himself and uh, like engrosses himself within that world. The first episode is about the world of sneakers, um, and he goes to like a like a sneaker convention and, and interviews people who spent like thousands of pounds on, 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 on trainers. And yeah, I, I have absurd. students that are obsessed with um, trainers. What was that, sorry? I've got students who are obsessed with trainers. They're, they're buying them all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's something that I never really mm. got in. I had a brief phase, and by that I mean a week, where I thought I, I really need to get into to trainers. Uh, and I, I, I spent £400 on two pairs. Wow. And when they arrived, I, I kind of looked at myself and returned both of them. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a really big world, an absurd world, just how it got to a point where... Anyway, we're going right, very much off So um, tell yeah. us um, how the coronavirus has affected you personally and your career at the moment. Uh, personally... Um, I, I, I've always been quite a positive person. I, I don't like dwelling on, I, I feel like fear is very healthy, uh, for anyone to acknowledge, but not to dwell on. Um, and it's been very hard to, to, uh, silence out the fear of others, especially when you go onto social media. Um, you know, the, the people are talking about that, you know, this lockdown might go on for another six months. Um, and, and, you know, uh, despite what is realistic, I just like to look at what's happening right now in this moment and just 
make make the most of it. Um, Career-wise, um, it, it's looking very bleak uh, because you know uh, before the lockdown, I was having cancel cancellations left, right, and centre, uh, and it's happened just after the winter, which is when uh, most creatives will find that there's a very um, for, for most creatives, it's it's a you know it's a quiet period it, 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 during the year. Just no one, no one is hiring. No one wants to do. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think there's there's a number of reasons why. Maybe just people just don't want to film stuff in the cold. Um, but people are just less willing to, you know, do creative projects. So I had a very quiet winter, probably the quietest since university. Um, and I had a very optimistic, uh, fruitful looking spring, which has now just become desolate. Um, and to tell you the truth, I have literally nothing lined up. I don't know where my, my next paycheck will be coming from. And that that is very scary. But, um, you know, the, the worst thing I could do right now is to panic and to, you know. So um, it's given me a lot of time to be able to to focus on YouTube mainly and um, edit. I, I've stockpiled so many videos that I've filmed over the years um, that I can now finally just sit down and, and properly work on. Um, and, and, and also look into other forms of income um, because a lot, there's a lot of people looking for uh, editing work at the minute. Um, that's been very competitive and I haven't received too much, but, um, you know, uh, I've, I've not worked as an editor in a couple of years. So it's, it's been fun kind of going back into that and, um, Adobe have been very supportive of that. They've given, uh, they've extended, I think they've extended their free trial to mm, yeah. two months. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a very, um, depressing time uh, but um, you know my lifestyle hasn't really changed too much if I'm not working on a shoot I'm, I'm largely working from home uh, at my computer um, so uh, you know when I, when I go on social media and, and see all these memes about uh, people making like uh, just making statements about um, the struggle of waking up in the morning or getting dressed. Um, it, it's, it's all just stuff that I'm um, very fortunate um, in that I'm, I'm very much used to just being my own boss every day. Um, I have showered before this, this call. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So what advice <laughs> would you give um, for my students who want a career in the creative industries? I feel like it's very important for any creative to look at the technology that we have now. Because like I said, I don't feel like um, things like YouTube or Instagram are being utilized to the, the full effect by a large amount of creatives who use it. Um, there's a lot of people who use a lot of, you, you could be a very focused, you could be very focused on your craft. Uh, for example, there's a lot of photographers who are very focused on all their social media being used to as sort of a portfolio, but they're not, um, they're not thinking about it with also a business mind. And I think that's very important as well. Um, probably one of my biggest regrets, um, 
in the last few years since university is not thinking too much with a with a business mind. I've always just been thinking about what's what's creative and what's fun and what 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 is the kind of stuff that I want to be doing um, without pushing my career uh, too much. Um, and that might be hard for a lot of people to um, fully commit on because um, I think that's just how creatives are. But definitely look into YouTube, look how it could benefit you as well as Instagram, social media. Um, a lot of people are producing content and staying creative on, on TikTok now. Um, largely, uh, I've seen a lot of actors set up <laughs> TikToks in the last couple of weeks. Um, and who knows where that could go into I, I I know currently it's it's you're able to monetize your content on on TikTok, but who knows it might be an incredibly powerful uh, marketing tool within the next few years. Um, so that could be an amazing income for film filmmakers and other creatives. Um, and I, and I think having the mentality of treating uh, doing work because you know I, I don't think all the the young want to be. Tarantino's and Spielberg's out there want to be uh, producing uh, marketing content or um, or um, or corporate video, but it, it's something that you you just you just got to do because then you'll be able to to survive, um, and it can be creatively fulfilling more so than uh, a normal nine to five, um, and yeah, uh, I feel like I've, I've just exploded with words there but hopefully <laughs> someone could could take something from that i'm sure they can well ray it's been lovely to catch up with you and um, hopefully when the lockdown comes to an end which hopefully won't be too long um you can get back uh, to your um, um shoots outside and um bring in some cash yeah i hope so as well instead <laughs> of uh, my bank account mm. Well, Ray, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. And um, next time you're in Salisbury, um, or maybe the next time I pop up to London, um, we'll go for a bagel or something. Please do. Please do. Right. Speak to you soon. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Hello. Um, Cara Ashman Phillips or Cara Fishman Phillips, Phillips Ashman. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Fishman, that's good. Fishman. <laughs> Cara Fishman, yeah. Cara Fishman. Cara we'll Fishwife Ashman. Right. Um, so, what did you study at Essexc? I studied media, obviously, uh, English literature and English language. Oh, you did the double English. I did. You it want? Was yeah. Do you need the language mistake. to understand the literature? Is that the way it works? No, they were very separate. Oh, okay. When I I remember they did not collide one bit. They did not collide. No. Oh, oh but I'm very sorry to hear about that. <laughs> um, right. So you did college. Blah blah blah. Um, what did you go on to then? Well, I am at Falmouth University at Woodlane Campus studying journalism, just journalism. Journalism, just journalism. Um, yeah. How is university different from college and school? 
basically you are your own boss really like you have to bring yourself the motivation to do things rather than it being sort of not required of you but it was a necessity at school and college but at uni you sort of do it yourself which is um it can be hard on some days <laughs> to get up and go in but you know it's got to be done well i guess you know you are paying for it so um, yeah that's the reminder that you sort um, of that's what gets you out of bed at 8 a.m to walk to uni in the rain that's what gets you going is I'm nine grand in debt to the government right now <laughs> well is it a debt because you're, you're buying something aren't you yeah I, I guess it's just sort of an investment for now because mm. you obviously you don't have to pay back anything until you earn a certain amount so the goal is basically to get slightly below the threshold so I never have to worry about it that is awful um, how are the classes at university different from college and school? Um, well, it depends sort of who your teachers were at school and college because they're very, they want to get you involved as much as they can to make sure that you understand what you're contributing. But at the same time, it's all self-directed study, but it varies between courses. But for me, it's you do your own research and you present your own ideas and all of that. Um, and at college, it was more of a group, like, situation. So I think it's it's more, once again, you've got to do it for you rather than for the whole class. So why do you need to study to become a journalist? Can't you just start writing? I mean, why are you it's doing a degree? About, it's, well, it's not about getting the degree. It's about the contacts you make through it. So in my first sort of semester um obviously you get introduced to all of your lecturers and several of mine have had many years in the bbc so that's sort of a good place to start because you've immediately got a foot in the door if you need it so i produced a piece of work for my deadlines in december and my lecturer in january said that he was going to offer it to the bbc to see if they wanted to publish it um so it's not about having the title of, oh, I studied a degree as a journalist. It's I've got all of these contacts that I've met through studying how to do the job properly rather than here's my title. Please give me a job. <laughs> that's that's really, really cool. Well, do let me know what happens with that. That'd be amazing. Mm. Well, it's been offered to a couple places. So I guess we're just waiting to hear mm. back from who wants it first now. So how is the coronavirus affecting you personally and your education and, and life? Well, personally, I found out last week my granddad has got it. So that's a bit of a shock. Um, obviously, I'm in Cornwall and my family are 204 miles back home. Um, so that's a bit strange because it's my first time really being away from all of them. Uh, Study-wise, it's not really because I was getting towards my summer deadlines anyway. So all of my work was slowly becoming home-based and none of my sessions are particularly practical at the moment anyway because of my modules. So it's just sit in front of a laptop and do what I would do anyway, except I can't go and get a coffee from the shop down the road. <laughs> so when do you think um, 
the lockdown is going to end. I'm hoping it's going to be pretty soon. I'm hoping it's going to be soon. I've got stuff that needs to be done because obviously I've got a little business now, so I need to post many things. Well, tell us all <laughs> about it. Uh, I embroider now. That's my hobby. I started in December, um, so I've been doing it four months-ish, and then I opened my Etsy shop last month, and uh, it's become quite popular. What's I've the name of your Etsy shop? Come on, plug it. It's, it's called Dirty Needle Crafts. Dirty Needle Crafts. Yeah, and okay. I specialise in all things niche and nerdy, is what I've told people. Niche and nerdy? So, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you know what would be a really good idea then for that is to have... David Byrne? Are you... Well, you, you're a mind reader. Yeah, like a David Byrne special collection. I think would be pretty special good. Special collection, okay. Yeah. So I'll just send you the invoice now and then... Well, it's not really you... for me. It's for the, the boys and girls at home. Um, so did your lecturers at university, did they mention David Byrne in every single class? They did not. They did not, and I have I have mentioned to them that I had a teacher way back when, who was so obsessed with David Byrne because I've met well I've mentioned to you before my friend Sinead, uh, who I made friends with down here. She is also very into Talking Heads, Good. so she can reenact the whole Once in a Lifetime music video from memory. Excellent, um, which is very impressive to watch. She once did that during a lecture, which was quite fun. That's good. She needs um, but to no, keep there's, that up. there's an extreme lack of David Byrne mentioned down here. Why, well, I'm going to have to see what I can do about that, because that is not good. But we've got a record shop down the road. It's It's got Talking Heads records in, so... Well, that's good. Uh, what's the name of the record shop? Sounds OK. Sounds OK. I like that. Mm. That's pretty good. And it's though. always blasting some tunes. Mm. It's on my walk to uni, so... So what kind of journalism are you hoping to sort of progress onto? Well, at the moment, I'm doing a lot of like news stories based off uh, the video game industry and community linked to it. So I think eventually that will be something I will aim towards because we have a games company down here um, called Antimatter Games who were based on the Penring campus, but they're moving to Falmouth now. Um, so... I might look into doing some reporting for there, but video games at the moment is what I'm focusing on. Uh, but next year, uh, we get to produce a magazine um, for a gap in the market. So I think me and my friends are going to team together to make a skate David magazine. David Byrne, sorry? A skate magazine. <laughs> oh, okay. So I misheard. Yes, David Byrne everywhere. That's all it's going to be. So what advice would you give the current students at SXC? Uh, A-levels cancelled. That's my question. Yeah, I don't... First of all, they're not cancelled, okay? Okay. Exams are not taking place. Okay. But, Um, you know, just a regular student for student life, when things come back to normal in September. Oh, for student life, okay. Uh, To those who are going to uni, I'd say don't feel like you have to make friends in your first day or week of study. Freshers events are kind of bad, so don't feel like you have to go to all of them and just make sure you're in a situation where you are comfortable and you feel as though you are in the right place. 
So that's my advice. Oh, you're such a mum. I know. Also, please do not go out drinking and screech through town. It is annoying for people who are antisocial and you will immediately be hated. (laughs) And what about um, advice for being a good student at college? Stay motivated. Definitely listen to the advice that's being given to you regarding revision. Do not shove it all to the end of the year and you cannot remember as much as you think you will. So don't cram, basically. It might like feel like a good technique and it's funny to say to your friends, but you need to commit to that because you are, from the moment you enroll to your A-levels, you have made a commitment and you've got to see it through. I love it. <laughs> so what does the future hold for Cara? Um, well... That's what I'd like to know. I want—I definitely want to graduate because I want to shake Dawn French's hand because she gives me my diploma. Yeah, I'm. I actually sat uh, about three seats down from Dawn in a Chinese restaurant in um, in Soho, and I played oh. it so cool. I played it so <laughs> cool. I, it, was, it was as if she was nobody, but obviously inside I was freaking out. But yeah, she's lovely. Anyway, I go can't on. Wait. Um, But apart from that, I don't know right now, because obviously my other half, my boyfriend, is starting uni in September. That's the lovely Otis. The lovely Otis, yeah. Um, Does does he want to say hello? He's asleep. (laughs) He is asleep, so he can't. I'm um, recording this at five past midday. Yeah, but he, you know, he's... Up late playing Tomb Raider at the moment, so okay. Uh, so we'll see. He'll graduate hopefully, and I'll graduate, and then we'll see where to go from there. Really. Well, um, it's been lovely to catch up with you, and um, mm-hmm. keep me posted on all your latest adventures. I will do. Bye. <laughs> Well, I guess that's just about it for this time. I've got some more ex-student interviews uh, coming up over the next couple of episodes, so stay tuned for those. It's um, yeah, it's Tuesday afternoon, so I'm going to have another cocktail. And I think I'm going to watch a film. Um, I've watched so many films this last few weeks. I'm averaging like three or four a day. Um, because I've got Netflix, Amazon Prime, I've also got the BFI player and recently got the Arrow Video Player, which is phenomenal for cult cinema. So um, there's been lots of things that I've been um, looking at. Really enjoyed Bride of Reanimator the other day and watched a great um, 80s um, horror called Pin, uh, which was quite good fun. So um, I hope you're all coping well and keeping safe, staying inside, unless you absolutely need to go outside. I'm going to be watching some more films this afternoon. And um, until next time, which I think will be quite soon, because I've got some more interviews planned, um, take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs>